Welcome to It's Mercedes, honest conversations for freedom-minded women. I'm your host, Mercedes, founder of Libertas Sisters. In every episode, I invite a guest to discuss topics such as femininity, relationships, the culture war, self-reliance, politics, and freedom. And let's be honest, whatever else I'm in the mood for. So pop in those headphones, pour yourself a beverage, and settle in. Let's get this episode started. Today, I want to welcome Bree from Spice Free Latte. She is an emergency room tech based out of Southern California. And I wanted to invite you on because I was following your story. And I know you've been confronted with a choice that many have been confronted with. As of this recording, it's September 30th, the last day for many healthcare workers and others to be vaccinated or lose their employment. I wanted to give you an opportunity to share your story of working in healthcare through the pandemic and the process of coming to the choice that you ultimately made. So Brie, go ahead and briefly introduce yourself and take us back to the start of the pandemic. And what was your experience and the general mindset within the healthcare industry at that time? Sure. So thanks for having me on. Um, My name is Brie. I am an emergency room technician, uh, like you said. I think uh, going back in time, it seems like all a blur at this point, but going back... It does feel like eons ago, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. I have some documentation in my phone that kind of freshens my memory up, but... um, Yeah, it seems like forever ago, but going back to March 2020, I think the end of the month is when it all kind of shut down. It was really scary, definitely. I think everybody was scared um, at home and at work, especially those two weeks, those first two weeks to flatten the curve, you know? (laughs) I don't know. I laugh every time I hear that, which is sad. (laughs) I know because it's like, okay, only two weeks. Right, (laughs) right. So that was a really scary time. I think everybody was just scared, scared for the family, scared for themselves, scared to go to work even. Um, We all, I think, fell victim of the media and the uncertainty that they were broadcasting to all of us. So it was a bit of a panic, I'd say, for those two weeks. Um, And then the months to follow, I can confidently say people came to work and overcame all of the obstacles in their home life to show up for work and be there and things were ever changing. You know, simple mask, N95, aerosolized procedure, non-aerosolized procedure, you know, full PPE, pappers, you know, everything was very different and we all really came together and adapted. You know, every single day we have safety briefings in the morning and right now they're probably like five minutes, but in the, in the thick of it, they were sometimes up to like 20 minutes because you really had to know what was going on that day, where they thought the virus was, all the things. So it was a very, really like homey feeling. It was like home away from home. A lot of us kind of joked that without going to work, we would just be like, I don't know, we would just be really, really scared. Everyone was isolated, but we had Yeah. You had something to distract you during that time. So you couldn't really spend time thinking about what I was trapped. I don't want to say trapped because that's, well, I'm a little dramatic. I was trapped in Texas. (laughs) I actually live in Tennessee, but because my husband travels a lot for business and during that time he had to be in Texas, we packed up the dogs and everything and drove to Texas because we didn't know if things were going to get shut down, if he was going to be able to travel, if we were going to end up separated. I I wasn't able to keep myself busy because I was just in an unfamiliar, well, I mean, I knew Texas. I used to live there, but it wasn't my home. It wasn't my space. It was out of my routine. And there was just a lot of not knowing. But I do remember during that time that there was a lot of talk about 
you know, this, what was happening in the, with healthcare workers and the sacrifices that they were making and how they were working really long hours. Did you feel like that was something not only from the general public, but something that was received within, with your own coworkers off that you had this mindset of this is kind of freaky, but this is our duty. And this is what we need to do in order to get through this. Absolutely. Yeah. I think people go into healthcare because they're public servants, right? So we're there to serve the public. We have a job to do. We, you know, are willfully employed there. So that's, that's what we're going to do. And I don't think that it was, it was, it was a perfect distraction. Like, this is my job. This is what I want to do. This is, you know, my life right now. And I am happy to be at work. And there was a lot of reports in regards to short, and this is just a curiosity question on my own part, but did you see anything in regards to shortages in the hospital that of things, you know, masks or things that were needed or being overwhelmed. And of course your hospital and where you work is just a small microcosm of different areas where it affected differently. But I'm just curious about your own experience and your, where you work. Yeah, we definitely had shortages. I think, I, I don't know. I don't want to say, don't quote me. I'm on a podcast, but don't quote me. I think it was after summer where we really started experiencing some shortages because there was like that Thanksgiving time surge, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and we're still experiencing shortages today. So, you know, whether it's like gloves or masks or whatever, we were reusing N95s for a little bit. And then we had tons of N95s. Then we had a different type of N95 and then it was simple masks. And then it was like, you can wear a pepper. So that was just really part of the ever changing like landscape of the entire thing. Yeah. So then my next question would be, there was like this camaraderie or this idea of, you know, we need to get through this. We're a team. Everybody's supporting the healthcare workers. You see all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to, I was about to make a commentary on the TikToks and stuff like that, that you would see, but let me not get to <laughs> do it. Make it. No, I do like, it. You got nurses go dancing on TikTok. You got, yeah. you know, and you did <laughs> and everything and just all of this celebration. But did you start to sense like a shift in the wind as to, as the time progressed and the vaccine started to roll out, when did you start noticing that? And now granted, there was talk about the vaccine before the election on whether or not can be trusted because Trump was in office. And so there was people that were like, well, well, we can't trust it because it's Trump. And then of course he loses the election And now we're supposed to trust it implicitly. But have you sensed anything like a shift with your coworkers as like we're in it together and now there's becoming tension depending on where you stand in regards to quote unquote, resolve the pandemic? Yeah, totally. But I just want to rewind a little bit to the nursing TikTok. (laughs) I can honestly say I never made that. TikTok is not my platform of choice. However, I, I know that the nurses face a lot of uh, backlash on that, but I think it's very important to note that all of summer, I, for one, gained 20 pounds during the summertime while at work because our hospitals were very, no, not our hospitals. I work at one hospital. My hospital was very empty and the community had really gathered around and was giving us food. When I tell you I didn't bring my lunch to work for the entire summer, I'm not joking. I had pizza and sandwiches and sweet treats almost every single shift. And I am so grateful. But it went on for so long during that summer 
that towards the end of the summer, we all started to feel guilty. Most of us, I don't want to use these definite terms. A lot of us felt guilty because we weren't doing anything. We were doing Uh nothing. Like you're our heroes. We love you. Thank you so much. And they were feeding us and the community, the love and the support was absolutely amazing, but we simply were not working because people were afraid to come into the emergency room. So we had very little patients. People were being sent home. There was definitely not a staffing shortage by any means because we didn't have nearly as many patients. There was one time I worked in the emergency room. We had zero patients. Okay. I work in San Diego. Like that's crazy. So the TikTok videos, was it right? Was it wrong? I don't know. That's for you to decide. At first it was like, I thought it was kind of silly that they were being called out or whatever, because I saw it as an exercise to blow off steam. You know what I mean? Because you know, the, oh, situ- yeah, yeah, the situation yeah. was kind of stressful, but yeah, as it progressed and, and it's interesting that you share that because when you look at it from the outside and you're just watching it in the news and you don't know any better or whatever, you're being told that, oh, they're so busy, but then they're putting out these videos. So, but again, you know, we can have this discussion maybe someday, but what was the cause of that portrayal? Is it because the media was trying to freak us out and scare us? Fear-based. And then- Propaganda, for sure. And the truth wasn't actually coming out from the people who needed to- you know, boys who were making TikTok videos because they weren't actually as busy as being told. And that's not to say that there weren't other areas or hospitals that got overwhelmed. Sure, sure. But- Right, like New York and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's just like, what starts to get shared on social media are the nurses who have time to make a TikTok. And then yeah. it's the correlation of assuming that oh, they have time to do it, but they're telling us they're so overwhelmed when, I don't know, one group of nurses might be in the middle of Idaho and the ones that are overwhelmed are in downtown New York. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was just this blanket belief, you know, that was thrown out on everyone's television and news feeds. And it was, like you said, people were busy for sure. And those people were definitely not making TikTok videos. They were like peppered up and doing all the things and doing their job, which they love, you know? So there's two sides to the story for sure. But I just kind of wanted to share my experience with that. And I'm glad you did because I hadn't really even thought about it much past that. Like it was just something that I popped into my head and I flippantly made a comment about it. But now like, this is why these conversations are good to have because you get perspectives that you don't think about because you're not in that space. Yeah. And I'm not defending them. And if people were doing that when they weren't, you know, when they had patients that were, you know, needing their assistance, obviously that's a problem. But my experience, that was not the case. Uh, so I think the transition, yeah. So uh, I think a lot of people forget that, you know, Trump really spearheaded the warp speed, right? He wanted the vaccine out. That was his whole thing. So yeah. uh, people seem to forget that. I didn't really think anything of it. So I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I don't get the flu shot, um, but I'm all vaccinated. But, uh, he did that and it was here, you know, they had the whole tiers. I don't know if it was every state, but I'm not sure. But in California, we were tier one for the healthcare. And so I think I could have. Yeah. They did it here in Tennessee too, where it was like, if you were a healthcare worker, and then I think it was like dependent on your age and sure. Sure. Yeah. Your Mm -hmm. risk factors. Okay. So I think I could have gotten my first shot as early as Christmas Eve, or maybe a little bit earlier than that. Um, And I just didn't want to do it. People were doing it and they were talking about these crazy symptoms. And 
I don't really ever get sick, honestly. Um, and they were talking about these symptoms and, you know, when you get your first shot, um, you know, make sure you have the next two days off. And it was just like this whole thing. And I was like, that's so weird, you know? So I, I didn't, I wasn't bought in from the beginning, honestly. Um, but it was not anything. Nobody really said anything. Nobody really cared. You know, it was just like a choice that you made. And I remember going into the new year because we could make appointments. I had made an appointment. I think it was on like January 7th, I think was my appointment to get my first shot. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make the farthest out appointment I possibly can because I could obviously get it at work and see how I feel. Just like think about it, but have something. Well, and then also give maybe give yourself an opportunity to see how other people dealt with it. You know, I mean, that's kind of been my strategy is that it's not, again, also... I grew up in the military. They okay. vac- they vaccinate their children. You know what I mean? Like they're very yeah. liberal with vaccination as a dependent yeah. or being in the military, you know? Yeah. So, and I don't, I don't have any issue with it either, but with anything, I am never, even this is going to be a really ridiculous comparison, but my, for the last 10 years, I've worked in social media in some aspect or online. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like always really quick to jump on the bandwagon with a new ad agency or a new um, social media platform or a new program or whatever. And I, with this, with everything, and I'm just kind of correlating this with something very simple. I'm always someone that sits back and waits to see something new, you know what I mean? And see how it sure. kind of works out. And that's, been my mentality with this, as opposed to like, you know, we're trying to, people are trying to redefine anyone that has the smallest bit of skepticism and not even skepticism, but just being like, I just kind of want to see what happens, which isn't a hard no, but they're being portrayed as like a blanket anti-vaxxer as if you're against vaccinations in general. (laughs) Yeah. I'm for choice. Yeah. I'm (laughs) like, that's, you know, do what you want to do, do what's best for you. I love and support it, you know? So I think that I, I obviously did not go to the appointment. I, you know, cut to the chase. I didn't go. I was observing other people like you do um, and seeing what they were saying. And, and they really started to normalize these symptoms. I think my intuition was like, initially, this is strange. And then once the normalization of these off the wall symptoms, like, oh, I got my first shot. And I was like down, I had the chills and I had a fever and I couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, skirt, What? Like, how are you, how are you even, it was like, it was the, it was, I felt like I was living in the twilight zone because it was like, not talking about what you did over the weekend. It was literally talking about your post-vaccine symptoms and being like, oh, well, I didn't have that. Oh, well, I had this. Well, my husband had this. Oh my, you know, it was just like like, a weird, it's um, so strange. Yeah. It's a weird comparison (laughs) of like battle wounds. You know what I mean? To see who, you know, who had a more significant experience or something like that, as if it's something like a, like a badge of honor kind of situation, which was totally the, what we were being sold between like the selfies and the whatever, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing too, is they were posting it and I'm like, this is so strange. And I don't watch the news. I get all my, you know, news from the internet, obviously, but it was, it was like that. Like people would go around and they would sit at the chair and like, Hey, let's go get our shot together. You take a picture of me. I take a picture of you. Like, here's my card. It was this whole very, like, very, very weird thing. So it just wasn't my jam. Um, and so I just didn't get it. And then we'll, we'll actually rewind just a couple of days before my appointment. 
they were actually, so at my job, you'd have to go to employee health to get the shot, which is just uh-huh. like a seven minute walk. Um, but at my, my job, they were walking around with vials of it. And it was like, Hey, have you got your vaccine? Have you not gotten it? Like we can just do it right here because there was so much extra and they didn't oh. want to waste and it, it goes, because like, and it goes bad. Right. Or I don't know, bad. I right think word, so. But yeah. Cause I know there have been stories where a portion of a vial is used. Of course, I do not know. No, anything. no, you're you're on the right track. Yeah, yeah, but that like a portion of a vial is used, and that some is left over, and you have to have an official interaction in person event by a certain date to have it by a certain yeah, and use it by a certain date. Yeah, but there have been reports of people being like it's going to go to waste, and then using it on someone who's not authorized to get vaccinated, whatever that means, and then getting in trouble for it. So that was also like another red flag. I was like, I can't believe they're walking around with this. Uh, No. So weird again. It's so weird. So I always just politely declined, you know, and nobody asked me why, you know, but you know, I think it was just really safe to say and bringing in race into the conversation. If you want to, I mean, I'm a black woman in the healthcare field and um, you know, it's my duty, you know, as a black woman to pave the way and be an example. Uh, So I think it was just a very clear, a false assumption like oh Bree, she totally got it you know like whatever and I was yeah, just like oh, I no, mean thanks. I've been told I present why is one of my favorite things that people like to say to me because I'm Puerto Rican and go. in the food blogging community I'm known as like the Puerto Rican food blogger but then also I get like called out for not being Puerto Rican enough and then yeah. Yeah, not representing not fitting the mold that is expected when you're a woman and of Latin descent, um, and you're expected to follow <laughs> yeah. a certain narrative. And I'm like, or uh, maybe I just think for myself, imagine that much. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird, but you know. Imagine it happens. We are yeah. capable. <laughs> exactly. I'm just kind of like, mm. so I've actually been asked that because I've had a small online presence for a while. And have managed to stay under the radar. And I've had people ask me, you know, with your opinions, how do you stay under the radar in being online? I was like, I really don't know. Either people don't care about me or enough, or they assume things about me. They assume um, they're programmed to scroll. I yeah. mean, I get so many assumptions on my Instagram. It's it's kind of, it's really been eye-opening because there's a lot of assumptions. Like at my job, I'm like this black woman who voted for Joe Biden you know, and got the vaccine and she loves healthcare. And then online, you know, I'm this like nurse on the front lines and all this type of stuff. And it's like, you know, like neither actually true, you know? So it's just all of these assumptions that I think is part of social media. That's a discussion. Yeah. It's one of the side effects of social media for sure. Would you say there was a time that it started to be an issue? Like people started to notice what you, what you were choosing no, it's crazy. It, I'm, I feel like I have like, I don't know. It's crazy. So no. So that was in January, worked the whole spring on summer. My boyfriend and I went on a 30 day road trip, not vaccinated. I was gone the whole time. I came back. Um, cause first of all, I would like to say I'm a huge advocate of mental health. So I'm definitely that person who has like zero PTO, zero sick time and using all of the things. And I've been very, very mindful of that. this entire pandemic. So I have not like overworked myself at all. Uh Um, So we took this trip 
And I came back like five weeks later and I was like, oh, where were you? Like, did you have COVID? And I was like, no, I didn't have COVID. I just was like on vacation. On a road trip. I was on vacation, you know? And so since I've been back, I think we came back uh, the beginning of August. I, I would say that's when I, I really started to notice because I had, I really missed most of summer at the hospital because I was on vacation. So in August um, is when I noticed it because at that point, the vaccine is available to everybody. So before it was tier one and tier two and tier three, and then it's kids. And so now it's like, you know, Hey, if you want to get it, go get it. And if you haven't gotten it, what's your problem? You know? Yeah. So last month in August is really when I started noticing the division. Um, and you know, you know, the chitter chatter at work from people who are like, Oh, this person's going positive, but they didn't get the vaccine and, and that kind of thing. And, I think it would probably be safe to say that currently, as of right now, people at my job probably do believe that I'm vaccinated. I really keep my mouth closed there because it's a very uh, liberal uh, Well, you're in California and you're in San Diego. And a lot of times, like, admire that because regardless of you maybe staying quiet at work, you're still very vocal on your social media and your platform. Of course, people have to find you in order to know that, you know? Right. So it's, it's not that you're hiding, but you know, not all of us have to, what's the word I'm looking for, have to be an activist in every space that we're in. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of want to go to work. (laughs) And that's it, you know, and that's it. And I thought about it for a while because I was like, this is a really great platform to be at my job and be a quote unquote activist. Um, And I kind of, I kind of, you know, kind of get my feet wet every now and then here and there. Um, I even did so with like the election and Biden and Trump and I was kind of getting my feet wet, but it's just one of those places. My job, unfortunately, is a place where people aren't willing to have open conversations. You know, there's a a right or a wrong and I'm there for 12 hours. So I, I don't want to, you know, dedicate my shift to this dead end argument. There are, there have been a couple of people though, that like, no, I've got my feet wet and they're like, oh yeah, we have these great conversations. Some people that are vaccinated, some people that are like raging liberals, but we're able to chat, but it's not something that I go. You don't out. go looking for it and you don't like right. hold a sign or a t-shirt or whatever to kind of trigger anyone. Yeah, but, <laughs> you I'm, know, putting, I'm putting trigger in quotes because that's annoying in of itself. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if I, so today is, you know, the D day as we talked about. And I think that um, if for some reason I'm not fired, I'm going to be an activist starting tomorrow, like literally because like vocalizing in your workplace, straight up, mm-hmm. straight up, because, uh, something that really helped propel that is I actually got COVID. Okay. So I got COVID this month. So I worked on September 10th, went to work because I'm not vaccinated. Oh, I also did not submit an ex- exemption. Yeah. So I had until the end of August to submit a religious or medical exemption. I chose not to do that because I think it's a bunch of shenanigans. I think it's, I'm just holding something over your head. They told me that like they could ask for another one. And it was just like, I don't, I don't have any medical reason. It's interesting that you bring that up and I don't want to get sidetracked for too much, but at the beginning, when there was all this discussion about mandates, there was also discussion about like fake cards to, you know, you know what I mean? And then- and I, and I started to think about it. And then also the exemptions and everything. And granted, I am not knocking anyone 
who submits an exemption because that no, I've is, helped so many people do it. Yeah, I, I that is a it. good way to keep your Buy job and still defend. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also at the same time, at the core, the principle is it's medical freedom, right? To not be forced yeah. to do something that you don't want to do. So it also gives me, a, now I'm in a position that I don't have to. So I'm, I'm speaking freely when I really don't have, sure. quote, any, t- any right to speak. But my thought is like, I don't want to even feed into the perception of complying. Yeah, you know that's I mean? me. Yeah. I've been silent. I've been a silent activist, if you will. So I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm, not, I'm like simply not doing that. I don't care. I'm not jumping through that hoop. Not my jam. And then so then I have until today, September 30th to file an exemption. Exemption. I always call it an exception because I feel like it's better that way. But um, today to be fully vaccinated. So I've done neither, obviously. Um, but on September, but I have to test at work, obviously. So I went into work on September 10th. I tested, I tested in the morning before my shift or, you know, at the beginning of my shift, I tested negative and we had a huge influx of COVID patients. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I don't know if they were vaccinated, unvaccinated. There was like a demented COVID positive patient. Licking doorknobs everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It was the most covid day of my life, literally. And I remember me and a coworker were like bedside with a patient and we were like, she was all, have you gotten COVID yet? And I was like, no. And she's like, I think today's the day. And I was like, I think so. And I must have changed my scrub like two or three times that day. Um, so that was September 10th. My son broke his arm and had to have emergency surgery on September 14th. Well, only one parent can stay. So his dad, Tori stayed. So Tori stayed. He had to get swapped. And so did our son, Isaiah. So uh, Isaiah got swapped. He was negative. Tori got swapped and was positive. Oh. And so, but we were asymptomatic, yeah. you know? And so then- when we brought Isaiah home the next day, we both were like, oh my gosh, like it could just hit us like a, a lot, you know? Um, and so then I went and got and tested a couple of days later and tested positive, whatever. My job says it's their fault. It doesn't really matter either way. Um, but now I have natural immunity. Yeah. So I, it was a really mild case of COVID. I'll be honest. I take vitamins. I'm healthy. I felt fine. I was up and moving all the time, but now I have natural immunity. So now in you know today's climate, if they don't fire me today, um, I'm I'm going in there tomorrow for sure. Like, hey Bree, where were you? Oh, I had COVID. Oh man, how was it? It was totally fine. I actually just took my vitamins and stayed hydrated, and I'm cool. And now I have natural immunity. And I I, I want to kind of invite those conversations from these vaccinated individuals about natural immunity and use it as like an educational platform because natural immunity does exist and that there are factors that will determine and it's you a know, thing. your age is a big factor. Comorbidities are a big factor, like all of yeah. these things. My issue is whatever you choose is fine, but it's not a one size fits all. Like think about, think about the clothes it's that not. say one size fits all. No. No, they don't. <laughs> Never works out. They do not fit all. Okay. <laughs> it's very, it's a very yeah. common thing, especially in women's clothing. One size fits all big fat lie. And I just want to say yeah. that I would, I would say that analogy applies also when it comes to your own personal health care. Yeah, it does. I mean, like my grandma got the vaccine. That's totally fine. She's 70 something. She has like two of the three major comorbidities cool, grandma. I love it. Go for it. My dad got it. We, him and I have open conversations. 
he got it because of his job. He was the one who like complied and was like, they're messing with my money. I'm just going to get it. He's in his mid fifties. He was down for a day or two, but whatever. My mom, mid fifties, doesn't want to get it. Also fine. It's just like, I feel like I'm in the age group that it's okay. And that needs to be respected. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Any, and especially like under 40 yeah. or especially under 30, even more so your chances are good. As long as you don't have other things in partnership with that, as opposed like, you know, totally. uh, certain health conditions and weight and all that kind of stuff. But you started to kind of feel it. You started to feel the tension. Were you, did you ever have to have a conversation with um, a supervisor or anything like that about where I had a very uh, quick conversation on t- via text message and my supervisor is super awesome actually he himself does not get the flu shot but did get the vaccine but is like no games you know so he just straight up was like hey this is the deadline uh let me know what your plan is for getting it and i just said i don't know what my plan is at this time and that was literally it and he's just doing what is being required by the hospital. It's not anything that personal. Yeah. Or trying to manipulate or coerce or anything like that. He's just the messenger. Exactly. And I've been, so I've been very grateful uh, for that because I have not been like harassed by my superiors as some people have. Okay. It's now the end of the month tomorrow. People are possibly, they're calling it possibly the great resignation or the great firing, depending on who you want to talk to. Right. Do you see any consequences that people who aren't in the healthcare industry haven't considered because of these mandates? Yeah. I mean, I think patient care is being greatly, is being greatly compromised. Uh, You know, and it's, it's really, it's really simple too. I think people are getting burnt out in healthcare. So even if they've been complying with the mandates, people are, changing departments. We had 13 resignations in the summertime while I was gone. The most they'd ever had, they said, um, just moving to different departments. They don't want to work in the emergency room anymore, even though they are vaccinated. So tangent here, but the, the shortage is that they're saying our staffing short, our, our staffing shortages, right? Because people are uh-huh. moving. It's not because the beds aren't there, the beds, the equipment, all of the things that they need are there, but the staff is not because they're burnt out. So I think that for me, well, and just to not to interrupt you, but just if people read the articles as of lately, a lot of times they will say that, but it's kind of like a hidden word where they include like they're overwhelmed or the beds are full. And then they kind of throw in there because of that it's also like in association with staffing. I can't remember exactly yeah, what they the term is. Finagle it. Yeah. If you're not really thinking about it, you're just reading it quickly, which a lot of us scan our news now. We don't sure. really read it. All you're seeing is that hospital beds are at capacity or the hospitals are overwhelmed, but there's really no consideration that it's not always necessarily the number of patients that's overwhelming them. It's because they're not sufficiently staffed. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's a problem, but I think, for me, my personal opinion, the biggest problem is um, patient advocacy. So with this whole COVID thing, you know, they've restricted visitors and you have to like be vaccinated if you want to come in or you have to be a support person. You have to meet whatever the hospital's requirement is. Um, I know, you know, everybody knows that if they have to go into the emergency room, they want to be with their loved one. 
whoever that may yes. be. It, it, it could be your Which friend. Which I think is a normal human need. Yeah. 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 You're nervous. You're scared. You want some support. Right. Imagine that. Yeah. Wow. Weird. So people are, you know, coming into hospitals in very like vulnerable situations, crisis at times without anybody by their side. And so if you're not feeling that great, you know, you want to be able to count on your husband to be like, Hey, you know, this is what's been going on, you know, going to advocate for you. And that's been taken away. And so I think, and that affects patient care ultimately. Absolutely. Because it's like, I mean, now if your demented grandma comes in, they're going to allow a support person, you know, with conditions, but it, it, it affects patient care because you're not getting, you're not getting the care that you're used to getting because it's just you in there. And then, you know, you can say, oh, we'll call my husband. And then they're going to call whenever they have time. But again, they're, they're short staffed, right? So when do they have the time? Whereas like, if my husband was in the emergency room, I'll hit the bell. Hey, he's in pain. Like we need something. Or, you know what? He said this, but it's really this. Or, you know, so it's, it's just taking away that extra support system that people need. And I don't think people really get the consequences of that. Even, you know, like, Hey, should it be, there's rumors about like DNRs and being on vents and, you know, medication concerns and and nobody is there for you. And that really saddens me. That really, really saddens me. I think that some people don't think about that, that aspect. Well, and I, I mean, I always try and give some people grace. Like if you're not in the industry and you're just getting information, yeah, you don't know, you think you're getting all the information, but whoever's reporting it, especially now the news is through a filter of bias. So it's, it may be cherry picked a little bit. And unfortunately kind of that's where we have entered into that. A lot of times people will make fun. There is a contingent that will make fun of like, do your own research, but at the, it's just, it's true. It's necessary. You, you can't completely trust what you're being told because it's coming through some kind of filter of bias. Exactly. You know, people who are supporting people either not getting health care or losing their jobs because they're not complying with the mandates aren't really thinking, I don't know, down the road, like in the future, what are the repercussions of these things? What are the repercussions of creating a second class and not, or advocating that people shouldn't be treated because they haven't complied with a mandate or that people should lose their job because they haven't complied with a mandate? Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, I work in the emergency room, so I just speak on that, but it's like people come into the emergency room for doing dumb stuff all the time. All the time. I, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, if, if we really came from a place of judgment, if we worked with judgment in our heart, we would maybe serve 20% of the people that came in there. You know what I mean? And yeah. whatever these, like you did something stupid. Why should I waste my lunch break on you? Right. You know what I mean? Like it could be like that right. extreme, you know, totally. But, and so it's like, you, you just don't judge, you know, again, we're public servants. We're not here to judge. We're here to help you. You came in for help. I want to help you. Like I genuinely want to help you. Have you experienced or seen a shift in that mindset? Like Absolutely. in the beginning, everybody's like helping. And now it's like, if you haven't jumped through this hoop or met these requirements, I don't think I should spend my time with you. Yeah. I've heard doctors, nurses, you know, uh, my manager, my department manager say, you know, that the unvaccinated make us angry. The unvaccinated make our, our lives harder, our jobs harder. I've heard doctors literally say, if you're not vaccinated, you're not part of the team, you're causing a problem. 
I've seen unvaccinated patients, you know, COVID positive and doctors just kind of really voice uh, their annoyance and how it's essentially their fault. So that's, you know, me coming back from vacation until present day where, where I've seen that. And has that sentiment been consistent? Because at the beginning we were told that even though these vaccines, which aren't really a vaccine, it's not. Yeah. They had a certain, depending on which one you want, had a certain percentage of efficacy, right? Mm -hmm. Which none of them were ever 100%. But at the same time, we were always told by the general media, get it to prevent the spread. The assumption being that if you're vaccinated, you can't spread it. Right. But then ultimately, a few months back, news came out that, yes, you can spread it. It just lessens the possibility of you ending up in the hospital. Right. So- has that sentiment stayed consistent through all of these different changes and all of this different evolution, should we say, of of the science that we've been told? Do you understand? Like where they villainize from the beginning? I don't, is villainize, a, 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 that's not a fair word. I shouldn't say- Like were the unvaccinated villainized? Yeah, I could maybe. And I'm trying to give like a benefit of the doubt. You know, this is me, I- used to work with attorneys. I'm a double advocates type. There you go. So even though I don't agree with it, maybe in the beginning, if you're clearly being told this group will prevent it and this group doesn't, and this group is definitely spreading it and making it worse, then you can kind of maybe, I won't agree with it, but I could be like, I can maybe see your logic there. But then as the information changes and it becomes like group A and B can spread it. And in fact, group A probably has a higher load and more contagious, even though it may not be as deadly or whatever you want to like, don't quote me on the science here. But the point is, is that they're still both spreading it. Yeah. So I think in my job only, in my experience, it was not villainized in the beginning. Like it wasn't like, if you didn't get the vaccine, it's like a problem. It's just like, oh, why didn't you get it? Like I thought you would get it. And it was very casual and very cool. And when the mandates hit, that's when it became this this whole division, right? Of right or wrong. And so I do have a handful of super cool coworkers that I love and have honest conversations about. And we would chat back and forth. And I think it went from get the vaccine to protect other people, right? As if it was my duty to protect other people. And then, you know, once some information came out, it was, well, now it's for yourself too, right? So it's other people and yourself. So that's so great. And then my argument was like, why do you care if I choose to take the risk of being deathly ill? You know what I mean? Like, why do you care? And then it was like, well, you know, you just don't want to end up in the hospital because then you're going to overcrowd the hospitals, right? That was the narrative for the for a while. Jump to present day, there's no narrative. It's like, if you're unvaccinated- Because you're firing people and they're creating the shortage. They're creating the shortage. And it's, if you're unvaccinated, you are the villain. And so- I've, I've had some conversations too about like, I had, I had to get tested these past like six to eight weeks. Right. Because I'm unvaccinated and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go get tested. And like, Oh, you're not vaccinated. And I'm like, no, but I was like, why don't you get tested? Like, why don't you go get tested too? Yeah. Cause you can also have it Yeah, <laughs> and spread it. And people <laughs> at my job, at least accept that and know that. And so there's just no conversations like, yeah, I know it's kind of weird, you know? And so it's, 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 is it, would you say there's like a, a slow drip of conditioning 
where you hear, hear it enough, like in the beginning, where it, you did the right thing. So I wonder this, is it because like you did the right thing? So you're being rewarded with not being tested. Is that even like a conscious or subconscious thing? I think that they just don't know. It's, it's definitely some conditioning, you know, that you're so great because you got vaccinated. But I think that they did these things and they could have been right. I mean, this is all a huge experiment. The, the things that they put in place, they could, they could have been right, but they're just not. So they had a 50-50 chance. You're right or wrong. Okay, you're wrong. And so I think people, at least at my hospital, are catching on to the fact that it's not what it's all cracked up to be. Um, but they're also on that pedestal of, I still did the right thing. I can't wait to get oh. my booster. Everybody should be vaccinated. You know, and so it's it's yeah. a very strange balance, which I think is why if for some reason they don't get fired today, I'm excited to like say, I have natural immunity and see what they say, you know, because yeah. it's just, it's an experiment. Yeah. It's like a bowl that keeps getting the holes and then it's turned into a colander and now everything is just, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you just can't hold it anymore. You can't hold the narrative anymore. Yeah. There's too many holes. Yeah. You know? Now it is the end of the month and probably by the time people are uh, hearing this podcast, um, uh, two weeks have gone by since this, but it's the end of the month. You might have to go in and be told like, are, did you go through any kind of exercise or process of this is my line? These are the consequences I'm ready to take on. And if I get fired, I am... Do you have a community around you? Do you have a plan to kind of help you to support you and, and, you know, continue to live your life free as you choose? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't, I was obsessing over that for a while. You know, what's it going to be like when they pull me into HR or their office and tell me I'm terminated because I've never been fired. Like if you looked at my record right now, it's amazing. I've never been in trouble, you know, my entire life. I've been working for 20 years. I've never, it's nothing, you know. Um, so I don't have a line. I, I think my line, I just, you know, I'm a believer in the Lord, of course. And so I'll go out with grace and just be like, okay. And I'll make sure I get on a piece of paper, you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, but that's it. I don't have a line. I have like accepted it. It's fine. It's okay. Um, I am supported for sure by my friends and my family. Thankfully, I'm very thankful to have that. Um, and I do some like marketing and wellness education, on the side that has now really become my primary uh, stream of income, thankfully, you know, so it's going to allow us to get out of California and be free and Yay. live unrestricted, <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm very thankful for that. Really. My, my uh, ducks have aligned if you, if you would say, so I feel very loved and very supported. And that's, what's really, I think helped me be content. I am I woke up very anxious. I didn't sleep last night because I'm like, oh my gosh, today's the day. Um, but that's, I feel like just a very natural thing to feel given the circumstances, but I'm ready. You know, if I walk into work tomorrow and they're like, okay, you're, you're done. All right. Cool. You're like, well, okay. Thanks. I got other things to do. Yeah. Well, and it was funny because I, I spoke with, um, I did an interview, the first episode, it was with uh, a friend of mine. Her name is Tiffany Poe. And she is this amazing, like go getter and does all this stuff. And she has like, I, I lose count. I think she has six kids, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and then like the pandemic happened and 
lost everything because she was in the, um, what do you call it? The hospitality. Oh business. yeah. That was hit yeah. hard. So like everything get, gets shut down. Um, and she ultimately, she shares the story in there, how she took that opportunity to kind of be quiet. And we were all, we've all been confronted with either moments of quiet or moments where we feel like we're being forced to make a choice. It can be a, a stressful situation. I'm not going to minimize that, but I always try to be positive and look at things in a possible or the positives of this situation. Like what aspects of it can I take control of? And so she took that opportunity and came to realize I've been running this rat race because society tells me as a woman, I need to be all of these things. I got to be a mom and a business owner owner, and like, you know, take on all of this load and just be boss babe, which yeah. don't even get me started on that. Race. <laughs> I know it. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> we'll use but it like, for that now. Whole thing. <laughs> you know, and then when she got quiet and everything shut down, she's like, wait a minute, is this really what I even want? Like she, she discovered that she actually wanted more time with her family. Yeah, that's me. And so now she's kind of setting things up where she's able to run a business, but it's in conjunction with her family and spend more time with her family. Yeah. Like, do, have you gone in, through any kind of process? Absolutely. Like that? Like, yeah. That that's what this pandemic, this pandemic, I know it's, you know, negative to the general public, but I've loved it for the, for exactly what you just said. It's really given me that quiet time to figure out what it is that I want. Like when I said I didn't overwork and I used my PTO and, you know, some days PTOs were mental health days, you know, it was just whatever. So I really took this entire time, you know, from probably the beginning of April, 2020 until present day to sit down with myself and figure out what it is, you know, because I think with these mandates, they, they didn't happen quickly, but kind of, you know, and so things are just like, bam, 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 bam. And then it's like, I actually don't feel valued here. I love going to work. I love helping people. I love working in the emergency room before emergency room. I worked inpatient psych. I love it. But if you can just let me go, you know, and I got notice of this mandate, I don't know, sometime in August, right? If you can just let me go in four to six weeks after all of these years that I've invested in you, you don't value me the way that I should be valued. And I'm only really going to get that right now in my life by staying home and sitting down and being quiet with myself and figuring out what I want to do. So when our son broke his arm, I didn't have work, right? That was amazing. I went straight to the playground and picked him up at the bottom of the slide and took him to the emergency room. You know, I didn't have to go to my boss and say, Hey, can I go? My son fell and take 25 minutes to get there. You know, I was at home. I was able, you know, we spent the night. I went back and forth. I love cooking dinner. I love helping with homework. You know what I mean? Like the whole yeah, boss, like babe. doing, yeah, the whole boss babe thing is personified by media, you know, and you're kind of conditioned to be like, yeah, that's what I want. But then, but my, my definition of boss babe is like, be home, be there for your family, cook some dinner, you know, financially contribute. That's what I want to do. I want to just be yeah. available. I want to be that kind of boss babe, you know? And so that's totally my vibe right now. And I love it. And I think just from my Instagram and speaking with people, a lot of people are on that same thought process. And I think it's amazing. And it's really like, it's really turned what could potentially be a negative thing into something very positive. Because I'll be honest, when I say that, if 
I wasn't facing this mandate, I would have likely never sat down with myself and got quiet and realized that and been forced really to do something that I'm, that I'm meant to do. And so it's a silver lining. It's a blessing. It's backfiring on them. You know, however you want to look at it. I'm so thankful. I'm really, really thankful. I think that goes a lot into you as an individual and anyone who is experiencing anything like this, whether or not they're going to take on a victim or victim uh, mentality. Yeah. Like, are you going to look at this and see this as this is happening to me and it's all of these other people's fault, be it anyone who isn't whatever you want to categorize them because they're not wearing masks or following mandates or staying home or whatever. It's all of their fault. Um, and that, and that's more of a victim mentality instead of taking personal responsibility, controlling what you can and then assessing what is best for you as an individual, as opposed to what society or media is telling you, you should be doing, you know, what is actually valued by society. Yeah. Um, cause they're feeding people as if they don't have any control, you know, a year and a half ago, you had control you have almost that same control. You might be limited in some aspects outside of your home, but inside of your home, your life, whatever you want to do, the control is the same. You know, you ha- you still have control. And so you are waking up to that idea and I like, love it. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see. Um, I was actually talking uh, about this with, I, I run a women's community online and we have a Zoom meeting every two weeks. And we were actually having this discussion about how it's been interesting to see some predominant people start to wake up and be like, does anybody not see this? Like the whole Mickey, Nicki Minaj thing, like yeah. all of a sudden, like, I don't, I'm not a fan. No. I don't follow her music. I don't think I've listened to the music since like the nineties, if well, I'm honest. Shout out to her. Yeah. But she starts saying like, do you not see this? And that's 22 million people that start to wake up to it. Yeah. Russell Brand just recently said something and is like, um, I'm, I was wrong. Stuff is crazy. Yeah. And so it has been interesting. They're a little late to the game, which is fine. We'll take it. You know what I mean? Better late than never. Yeah. We don't have to agree on everything, but there are things that we can join together. Like we may not agree on, I don't know, what's the best way to spend government revenue or whatever, but we can at least agree on, we need to have freedom of speech and uh, medical freedom and just freedom as a principle in general. Exactly. So I love it. Um, we can, yeah, we can come together on those things and then we can fight about the rest once we kind of get right. that situation under yeah. control. <laughs> Let's unite first <laughs> with the mandates, please. <laughs> exactly. Which is interesting because, you know, of course this administration came on with this whole idea of unification, mm-hmm. which I called BS from day one, yeah. but whatever. And then with these mandates, with you sharing your story, it almost becomes clear that the mandates have definitely been a true, a tool or an item that has accelerated the division. It's not making it better. Like, I think it's going to be better though. I think it accelerated it. Yeah. I don't, I am not a hopeless. Right. Right. I am realist realist is what I would say. Yeah. I don't want to say I'm a pessimist. I'm definitely a realist with some like suspicion, like hope for the best, prepare for the worst mentality. So just to wrap us up, there's several people that have experienced this recently, any kind of words of advice or encouragement that you would give them as they're maybe facing a choice of what to do just from your own personal experience? Uh, words of advice. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, honestly, is turn off your TV, love your neighbor and sit down quietly with yourself. 
I think that's what's really served me. It's that Those simple. Are valid. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, I go along the same lines and I'm like, and find yourself a community, find yeah. yourself like a small group of people that will support you. And that maybe doesn't agree with you all the time, but will re- be respectful of your decisions and at least align with you on your values, on your core values. Yeah. And stand up. You can have the same values and not agree on everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I think people really need to stop suppressing their voice. There are questions that everybody have has, you know, on both sides, vaccinated, and unvaccinated, they have questions, you know, and they don't really suppress them. I'm a believer that conflict creates community. Um, so if there's somebody that, you know, doesn't have the same belief, they can still be a part of your community, have that conversation, be strong, you know, maybe you just find one person and you have that conversation to see their thought process and, you know, open their eyes to your thought process. I just think that people have felt like they've lost control. And so they have um, kind of shut down their voices. And I think that's really sad. And it takes away some power from people. But as people gain their power back, I think it's going to be a really, really great thing. That's really awesome. Well, I'm going to leave it there because those are some really good words. Cool. Thanks. And where can everyone find you if they want to follow you and support you? Sure. Yeah. So my main platform is Instagram. It's at spiced underscore brie with two E's underscore latte has nothing to do with coffee, but I just like the name. So that's where you can find me. (laughs) I will be sure to um, have the links down in the show notes so they can follow you. And thank you so much for spending your time and having this. This was a good conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks so much for listening to It's Mercedes, honest conversations for freedom-minded women. You can find the show notes for this episode at Sisters forward slash It's Mercedes. And if you would like to have conversations like this with other freedom-minded women, visit my website, libertasisters.com, an online community of women founded on the values of femininity, self-reliance, and freedom. You can also connect with me on Instagram at It's Mercedes or join my email list. And if you're loving the podcast, I would be so honored if you would go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Until next time, stay free and stay honest.